and welcome to this week's episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. As always, I am your host, Lauren, and I am, as always, hosted by... Lachlan. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with that one. I, I couldn't figure out either. It was a really interesting journey that we just went on together, and I enjoyed I'm that happy. a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just a big fan of uh, journeys in general, much like the journey that uh, Clayton went on this season of The Bachelor. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, good God. We... <laughs> We just can't even get uh, into do, do, do. that. I, I, st- I've, I haven't finished it yet, so. Exactly. So we, we truly can't get into that. But, you know, one day we'll talk about our thoughts. Exactly. One day. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll do like a totally different episode. We'll do like a Bachelor episode where it's just oh us God. talking about The Bachelor and not Percy Jackson. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just, we have a lot of thoughts on a lot of things and desperately think that you need to hear all of them. Oh, yes. We do think you need to hear all of them. But before you hear our thoughts on The Bachelor, maybe... We're going to, you're going to hear our thoughts about the Sea of Monsters. Uh, we just finished it and we have a lot of extra thoughts, bonus thoughts, if you might call them, uh, that we want to share with you. So and you just a lot of thoughts so that like we had at the time from having previously read all these books, but obviously couldn't talk about because attempting to avoid spoilers. But now we can like look back on everything and discuss with, with all of our shared knowledge at this point. Exactly. And a lot of this also is like stuff that we said, like, oh, we'll talk about this. And then we didn't. So we're going to try and get to them And a lot of the things we don't remember now. because we don't take notes when we say that, <laughs> which is really dumb of us. And you think two books in, but you know what? New goals for Titan's Curse. I'm pretty sure it's the exact same thing I said in the Lightning Thief bonus episode, which again, I didn't take notes on. So who knows what I said? <laughs> I, I love how we don't do like New Year's resolutions. We do new book resolutions. You know, I think it's it's the better way to go. It's a shorter time frame. In theory, it's more manageable. I I believe we can do that. I believe in us. So I believe in us too. <laughs> so the first thing we're gonna dive into is how I noticed that Annabeth foreshadows at the end of the Lightning Thief what happens in Sea of Monsters because as she and Percy are kind of talking about how like Luke is still on the run and. Kyron had said that they weren't allowed to go after him. Percy just has to go home and go back to school and try not to think about the world possibly being taken over by Kronos slash Luke. And Annabeth says, like, it's okay. Like, if they don't give us a quest next summer, we'll just run away and go fight Luke ourselves. And what so happens to monsters? They're not given a quest. And so they run away to defeat Luke yeah. together. With, with Tyson. I get that. I get that. But I don't think it's like foreshadowing. I think that's just like Annabeth being like, yeah, I mean, like, they're definitely going to give us the quest, but just in case, like, we'll run away. We're cool. We got this. Yeah, it could be. It could be both. Think Something can be two things. Something can be two things. <laughs> I just think that's a that's a fun little, like, nod to the second book. Like, when, once you've read both, it's like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> it is, but I also think that's just, like, yeah. Annabeth being a kid. I yeah. like the way she phrased it, like, I mean, if they don't give us a quest, but, like, they're going to... <laughs> Yeah, well, because also at that point, neither of them had predicted that Chiron would get fired and Tantalus would be there and want to just hate on everybody. Exactly. Like, they genuinely thought, like, oh, Chiron likes us. Chiron will send us off to die on a quest. He likes us. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. What what could possibly go wrong with their theories? Exactly. I just wanted to point that one out. All right. Next thing is something that we did actually say we were going to address, which I know because I just listened to that episode. And that is, is the, is the zip code that was used in Poseidon's letter to Percy, his two word letter to Percy, actually 
accurate for just is that zip could exist at all is that zip code for long island and yes it is and probably anyone who lives in long island knows this and thinks we're dumb just because you know we don't i don't have all the zip codes in the, my country memorized why would i that would be weird so i have like my zip code memorized and one and the college zip code and that's it yep i think i have three and i'm really proud of myself for that so the zip code used in the letter is 11954, which is the zip code for Montauk, which is where Percy and his mom were staying at the beginning of Lightning Thief and drove a short-ish distance to get to camp. Therefore, you can infer that camp is within the same county lines, same same zip code. So he was I mean, accurate they with drove, that. They only drove long enough to answer like two questions and then well, we how fast she was driving like oh her she was pushing was the speed on the ground her foot was on the she ground she was pushing it you know she's like hey we may die in a car accident but at least it's not from a monster <laughs> i just gave warren thumbs up like, as i said that <laughs> what would have happened if they had like gotten pulled over for speeding <laughs> that would have been a little bit i think she just wouldn't have pulled over she would have just yeah, but going. then she would have led mortals straight to camp half-blood I mean, they couldn't get in. They'd be like freaked out by it and probably call like the government officials. And then, you know, we no, like, they, they, they can't get into Camp Hathlet. I think it like, it, it tricks you into saying like, oh, I left something in my car. I need to go back. And now I need to leave this whole place. Like, I think it's, it mind tricks you into. Yes. But if the cop is following them for a specific reason, he's not going like, that has to be some serious brain messing with. Mm, I don't know. I, I believe. I believe in the mist. I support the mist and all of its endeavors. <laughs> I also believe in the mist. I just don't think it's like an omnipotent like mm-hmm. force that can I do mean, anything and everything. I mean, if it could convince a bunch of school children that they were not almost eaten alive by giants and had flaming cannonballs thrown at their faces and it was instead a gas explosion at their school, I think it could trick I want to know up. I want to know like how deep the mist goes because like did they completely forget that they had like students touring their school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think it's like a whole. Like, I, I think know. it's like a Men in Black mind wipe, just full. Get I that just, out of there. I don't. I there was a movie recently. No, okay, that I, like that might have to be because I don't agree separate. with like. Okay. Someone actually write this down and message us <laughs> later. Um, I think once we're done with the five books, we should have a deep dive on the mist because then we can talk about all the instances that's used, all the serious big times that comes up. We can go really hard into like, how does the mist actually work? I that's not a conversation to have yes. If one of you can message us in like th- two or three years. Oh my God. And a good portion of them <laughs> are related to the new Spider-Man movie. <gasps> Oh, I'm probably watching that this weekend. I'm really excited. Oh, yes. Nice. So, yes. Well, Everybody. moving on. So, yes, Camp Half-Blood <laughs> is in Montauk, even though it's at uh, 3.141 Farm Road, and it just says <sighs> Long pie. Island instead of an actual town, um, but that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, now you know, we get to move He on. has a zip code. <laughs> he has the zip code, right? <laughs> all right. Next up, because apparently these are all ideas I had that I'm just forcing Lauren to listen to. But, you know, if you have other ideas, Lauren, feel free to just... No, I don't have a lot. I like to hear your ideas and then just, okay. like, totally... Tell me why I'm wrong. Shoot on them, yeah. <laughs> Poop on them. Good catch. Good catch. All right, so the next one that I feel like could be very, very interesting to talk about is Annabeth's trauma with the Cyclops encounter almost 
murder that she had as a very young child and how that impacted the way that she interacted with Tyson in the beginning. Because I think it's just, it's a very interesting look at how trauma can shape your actions and how it's important for if you are someone who has trauma that you do what you can to be able to heal from it and move on from it and keep those situations within themselves and not put your own feelings on someone else who didn't have experience with that. Cause of course, like you could, like you could say for Annabeth, like, yes, she was put in a camp, did not have access to mental health resources. So obviously she has no real way of dealing with that trauma that happened to her, of her, of being psychologically manipulated by these creatures and her friends almost being murdered in front of her and eaten and like as, as a seven-year-old, like, yes, that is an absolutely horrible experience to go through. And she didn't have access to be able to talk about this and process it. Like in the real world, something really bad happens to you. You can work on those things. And so you can understand why when she was suddenly like hugged by the Cyclops, she never met before of why she reacted the way she did and why she was so unwilling to trust Tyson, especially when he brought out the, the voice modulation feature <laughs> i guess of like when he was able to like perfectly mimic voices which is what happened which is why she and her friends were tricked before so she is being put back into these experiences that she had before and hadn't been able to process but i think it's also it's an important learning moment for us as individuals who hopefully have access to these resources of just like you know like i have situations in my life where i have to work on not bringing that into new situations and working on being open to healing and as much as I can keep my past in my past and learn from it and not just put those negative vibes on other people who didn't have anything to do with it you know so it's like everyone hates on Annabeth and we definitely hated on Annabeth in the beginning but like once you learn her background you understand why she reacted the way she did and because she didn't have access to help that was able to be resolved beforehand so yeah, yeah and I feel like that's, that's my soapbox. <laughs> in, no, but in, in my mind, that's that's on camp. And I also think camp, <laughs> in a way, they don't, there's no need to, um, this is going to sound really terrible, but <laughs> in camp's mind, there's almost no need for them to get over this trauma because there is, aside from Tyson, been no proven good monsters. You're never going to befriend uh before this you were never going to befriend a cyclops or you're never going to befriend uh, a hellhound or a, uh what other ones have we met that i can name like, <laughs> uh, medusa and medusa and shida um you're never gonna you're never gonna befriend them so mm-hmm. it doesn't really impact you it however no 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 no. no. but it doesn't really it's not going to like impact your social interaction with them and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if your first instinct is to kill them because your first instinct should be to kill them because Mm -hmm. you have to kill them because they're trying to kill you so it's almost Mm -hmm. like they're in this environment where they don't need to um be aware of their actions around those monsters and those uh because they don't need to and um, they should get therapy they should get therapy about this and they should have uh, a way to deal with this trauma that they're going through but it's almost like they don't need it because it's not hindering them because especially Annabeth's trauma was primarily focused on her interaction with Tyson it did not impact uh, her ability to fight monsters it did not impact her standing at camp it didn't impact um most things the only way it started impacting her was when she had to interact with Tyson as a person not as a monster which Percy forced upon her almost and Tyson forced upon her she 
was fine. And in Camp's mind, who cares if they want to kill every monster they see because they have this trauma with them because they don't need to, They that's a good reaction to have. Yeah. I'm sorry if that was a terrible take. No, 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 I agree with that. I'm just thinking of like, yes, if their response is to lash out at monsters, great, more power to them. However, you also have the other trauma response of shutting down. Because as far as we know, that was the first and only time Annabeth interacted with Cyclopses until Tyson. So if she had gone out on another quest or on this first quest and interact with Cyclopses, would she have been able to fight or would she have shut down? Would she have gone? She, she we only, don't know. Or even she, just her, as we know her, like other campers, would other campers be able to respond the way or would they potentially shut down and get the people hurt around them? Or she, by I mean, being she, too rash, would they get someone hurt around them or themselves? I mean, she only shut down because it was a nonviolent situation in which she had to deal with this. She, mm-hmm. in the midst of her trauma, to, uh, dealt with it with violence by stabbing the cyclops <laughs> in the foot. She, so she might have been able to fight a cyclops. Mm-hmm. Who knows? She was clearly able to fight the last dragonian. She was clearly able to fight most other things, um, and things that she had mentioned that like she had fought during her time with Talia and Luke, where she had first interacted or first heard about these creatures through Talia and Luke. So I think she would have been fine in a battle situation. She just didn't want to, and I think she was about to fight Tyson before <laughs> Percy was like, "Hey, no, he's my." brother yeah no, like it's also like you're talking very specifically about annabeth whereas i'm trying to broaden it more to like campers True. as a whole and monsters as a whole and trauma response as a whole yeah <laughs> so like I'm i sorry. agree with your argument i think i'm just looking more broadly at you, it you so are. i feel like we're, we're, we're saying the same thing essentially but yeah you are but yeah. also as far as we know mm-hmm. calf bloods are wired to not get ptsd I mean, as far as we know, yeah. yes, yes, as far as we know, <laughs> and as far as I, we, I agree with that statement. <laughs> and as far as we know, no one else has presented with any symptoms. Or I'm just I'm taking devil's yeah. advocate here, and I'm really sorry. Yeah, but like um, as far as we know, none of them have shown any symptoms or signs, and that could partially be another reason why camp doesn't have that resource, just because they've never had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be it's a taboo subject; no one talks about it, or it could also be. If you're there, you're there. And if you're out in the world, it's because you're not powerful enough to get mm-hmm. attacked by monsters constantly. So you're not dealing with it. Yeah. So you don't have to confront it. Yeah. Or I it mean, could also just be this hyper, not that not masculine, but just like this environment yeah, where true. you're supposed to be able to handle these things. You're supposed to fight. Like that is supposed to be your, your first response is to fight, not to run away. So you may just be encouraged even before you have, have some sort of event or problems, but just, you may just be growing up in that environment where you're not supposed to be able to have issues because you're supposed to be able to respond to all these situations immediately and move on to the next to stay alive. So it's just this constant repression of anything and everything you experience. Like, I just don't see how it's possible for someone in the situation to not have some type of not maybe not necessarily as far as PTSD, but just some type of trauma from this experience because of the number of people that don't come back, whether that's from a quest or just life, you know? I mean, they're also, they've talked about how their ADHD gives them tunnel vision during battle. So they might compartmentalize better than humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the idea that like, um, again, if you're out in the world, you, sure, people who go out on quest die, but the people who go out on quest know that they're going on a quest to die. They know that there's a possibility of them not coming back. They've mm-hmm. already seemingly come to terms with that before going on the quest or while on the quest. But like for those of us who are, for those of them who are just out in the world normally and living their lives, 
the odds are they're never going to encounter monsters or when they do, it's very, very rarely. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. Annabeth got attacked when she was a kid, but she was also with a very, very powerful demigod and another demigod. So there was a lot of smelling around them. There was something that lit off large scent. And then this time around, sure. Annabeth got attacked by uh, monsters, but they were clearly trying to distract her from what was going on at camp. And also Luke could have sent out special orders to take out Annabeth or to kidnap her or something. So, I mean, for those that are dying and dealing with this, they are the ones who should have or probably will come to terms with their own mortality because they are going into a high pressure situation where they know they will die. Or they know they can die or they have a higher chance. Yeah. They're putting themselves at risk. I don't know. This is all that I'm saying is probably not the like proper <laughs> point of view, mm-hmm. but I think it, I think this is just like another option. Almost. Yeah. No, I think it'll also just be a very different conversation a few books down the line as things continue to ramp up as things always do in series exactly and as they become yeah and it's also like this again from where we're at right now yeah this is a book about three 13 year olds Mm -hmm. it's about two 13 year olds their friend who's an unknown age because he's a black box and Clarice (laughs) who's probably like 13 or so also or like around their age so like and this was probably, this was written mostly, and Rick writes these books for his kids who were pro, who were around Percy's age at the time. So from what he's trying to present, it's not about their trauma and their trauma responses. Mm-hmm. That was almost just a plot point to add more tension between the group um, or to start a conversation with kids but without like saying like, hey, without like scaring them in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's also something that we should keep in mind because we're we are reading these as adults and we're analyzing them as adults. But at the end of the day, these were written for 12 and 13 year olds. Yeah. Well, I think I also just, I personally just like a dark read and a dark analysis of it. And just imagining looking back on these now, if these were real, you know, like how, how much more serious would all these things be without that lens of YA? Yes, you know? exactly. And that's, and that is really interesting so, to think about. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's a good take. And I think it's something that we, I'm happy that we're talking about. Yes. But also just because you're right doesn't mean I'm wrong. If, if you have something wrong in your life, get, get help. You, you deserve yeah. it. Or if you, if you, want, <laughs> you, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want or think that you need, or just want to try it out. Treat, or treat you yourself. You really, yeah. Treat yourself. Go to therapy. <laughs> treat yourself. Choose some therapy. It's fun. <laughs> all right I feel like we summed up that that pretty well I think we did (laughs) okay the next one I meant to look up and then I didn't actually look up so maybe we should just push that one off until Titan's Curse Talia's yes yes Yes. no because that becomes a plot point in the next one yes so we'll we'll push we're going to ignore how old Thalia is right now guys and I will continue to say my way and Lauren will continue to say it her way and we're gonna go with that (laughs) yes you know, and maybe I'll make a decision once the show's released in like a year, two years from now. Uh, it depends on even if they mention her in the first season. I mean, they, they, they should because it is mentioned in the book. Yeah, but she as a, like, as a as character. Like best past. Yes, but she's a yeah. character doesn't matter until book two. Yeah, but as far as like her name being mentioned, it probably will come up in the first season. We'll see. It wasn't in the first movie. As Annabeth's background. It, Okay, <laughs> get that out of here. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, Clarice, 
Let, let's talk about Clarice. Let's talk about Clarice. I love- gave Annabeth some time. Now we're going to give Clarice yeah, some time. Now, yes, we're going to give Clarice some time. Do, do you have any initial thoughts? Um, Clarice is one of my favorite characters. Uh, <laughs> I just want to preface it by that. She... Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of like side, I've always been in a way, a big fan of side characters um, because I feel like with them, especially you, with main characters, you get sick of them, you get tired of them and they have to be the ones who make the tough decisions to move the plot along. And they also, there becomes a certain point in most series and most TV shows and most books where a main character will make a decision or will do something. And I'm like, I just disagree with you on a fundamental level. But I feel like we never have those feelings about side characters because they're just there for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time they're really interesting. They have a little bit of personality, a little bit of, uh, fun to them. And they're just there almost to move the plot along, but in a better way. And also mm-hmm. you can make side characters say the funniest stuff and do the funniest <laughs> things. And I just enjoy <laughs> side characters, yeah. uh, because I can get emotionally attached to them without like worrying about them. Um, unless you're watching something like Criminal Minds or NCIS where Game if you're Thrones. not in the main, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they can just kill you off whenever they want. Um, yeah. But yeah. so Clarice think, is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And one of the things I like with her is that she started off in Lightning Thief as as a very flat, very two-dimensional character of just the bully role, you know. And like and while if you she go was back still and listen, much- if you go back and listen to our episodes, Lachlan will talk very much about that. <laughs> oh, I, I go really hardcore into that. Um, and why I don't like that a lot of things about the way she was presented initially. Um, so stay so not stay tuned, but rewind for that um, but I think one of the things that's interesting though about bringing her into more of a lead role with this book is that we do get to understand her more we learn more about her motivations we see more to her than just the bully like yes she is still you know bullying Percy in the beginning but you can also see that like she is struggling because this kid out of nowhere sort of took the spotlight and became this he was put on a pedestal by camp, you know, when she had been there for however many years. And, and, a was, pedestal, and he, he was a pedestal which she views as undeserving that yes. he got by beating yeah. up her father. He, yeah, he got by by being born, that he got by showing up to camp because he was handed this quest, you know, when he had just shown up and had like no training at all, when she and Annabeth were both year rounders and Annabeth was picked instead of her instead of Clarice you know and like all these other things like you could understand like and just the pressures that Aries was putting on her that probably got worse once Percy showed up and this you know upstart out of nowhere taking away her chances for things you know so like so you understand a lot more of her and why she's the way she is and she does kind of come around in the end of like appreciating like she appreciates the gesture that Percy made of sending her alone to camp and when and when they all got back to camp Percy and Annabeth didn't try to claim and the glory didn't say hey we were there too like we helped like they they stepped back and let Clarice take that victory I mean it Which was she, her she, victory yes it is she was but, the one who it was her quest yes no it is but you could understand why once they showed up they could have tried to take it for themselves you know they, they could have tried to take over and say oh look at how incompetent she was that we had to come over and help her out and they didn't they made exactly. the choice to they made the choice to go and help when they needed and then step back and say like we don't need to talk about what happened we can just let it be that Clarice did it because if Clarice had been we, on her own she probably wouldn't have been successful 
Oh, yes. But you know, also say that part of that is Percy's arc almost because he started the book going like, Clarice, Clarice can't do this. What? Yeah. She's going to ruin it all. So like, we can always say yeah. like the two of them had almost a parallel arc together, which I really think is cool. I just love yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, like he, he comes to understand her more. She understands him more. And even if they don't end this as friends, they at least have a level of respect for each other that was not there before. It's, it's weird because I feel like in an almost very interesting way Clarice and Percy are very very similar and they Mm. get a lot and because they are similar because they're um almost treat like respect in the same way I think that's a big Mm -hmm. thing for me like they I feel like they view respect and like um earning loyalty and stuff very similarly um and I love the fact that they're the type of people especially at the end of this book who I would like who would like kill each other but the second someone else tries to attack one of them they're defending them yeah like percy's like clarice would kill percy if he, she ever got the chance but the second someone else attacks percy she's right there with him and i feel yeah. like that's that's just an awesome friendship that i really love and i love the <laughs> idea in my mind annabeth just does not understand it and hates that she's like yeah. i don't get what's happening <laughs> yeah and speaking about similarities between the two of them i think also when you look at who the adult figures were in their lives with Clarice having Aries and Percy having to grow up with Gabe for however long he was around. But Percy had the advantage of knowing that Gabe wasn't actually his father. So he never felt like he had to prove anything to Gabe. And at the same time, he had Sally who did love and support him. And right now we don't know if Clarice had anyone else other than Chiron who doesn't have the same type of relationship with her that he does with Annabeth that he does with Percy you know so we don't yeah, know Chiron also is just straight up showing favorites really plays favorites it's, so he really does yeah so we don't know who who Clarice had to nurture her in her and life she's whereas a, so like she's Percy could have easily gone that route and she's a year rounder so we don't know like her home situation at all not only that but like we don't know why she's not a year rounder Mm -hmm. she i mean it could be that she's too powerful and can't be out in the real Mm -hmm. world or she doesn't have a place out there which again leads me to the fact that what happens when they turn 18 (laughs) yeah so it's just it's just this interesting idea it's almost like when you see an alternate version of your life and how you could have ended up you're like oh I know that I'm here because of certain things that happened if those things didn't happen if I didn't have access to those people or whatever then I would have ended up that way it's almost like what this is for Percy like you can easily see how he could have gone that down that route without Sally in his life like fighting for him and protecting for him and like loving him and all that like, like you could really easily see him going this other route like where clearly starts at in this series I think it's interesting exactly. to think about yeah, I, I love Clarice. I think she's a great side character. Um, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. She's, she's a very interesting one to study, and as, especially as she evolves throughout the series. Exactly. And it's interesting because, like, people always say, like, oh, Anna, that's incredible, and she's amazing. And it's like, yes, but, like, Clarice is very much like Percy. And I feel like it's mm-hmm. very interesting when you get a side character who is almost a reflection of that uh, main character, who you can, like, see because what's always interesting about to me about characters who are so similar is their differences and what mm-hmm. caused them and also yeah. part of it we could get into like a whole thing about she's a female so she's got that whole i'm sorry this is gonna sound weird but like she's got that whole thing going against her <laughs> like, that's probably, you know what i mean now like oh my god but yeah. so it's very interesting and i really i really like it yeah definitely yeah all right well i'm good on clarice if you're good on clarice i'm good on clarice Tyson. i feel like we talked more about percy there with Clarice. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> we 
did our best. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about her again in another book. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely will. Yeah, for sure. All right. For sure. Tyson. Tyson. Let's let's get into it. Oh God. You got got, no, because like look, I I like Tyson. Um but I don't I don't love Tyson. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like he's just there to push the plot along to cause mm-hmm. some complication and, and to, uh, put some separation between Percy and the rest of camp mm-hmm. to put him back into an underdog-like situation. Um, and sure, by the end of the book, he treats him like a brother, but then he just leaves. So Percy doesn't have to deal with that at camp anymore. Yeah. Like, it'd be a lot more interesting if he had stayed at camp and then Percy would have had to stay in contact with him and deal with him at camp because sure he can say that he's accepted him and he's a brother and he looks to him as a friend and he would trust him and he wants to be there for him but he doesn't get a chance to practice what he preaches Mm -hmm. and I would have liked to see that um and also sure he went on one quest but there's probably people at camp who still wouldn't respect him who still wouldn't like him and that would again Percy would have to deal with that and I really wish we could see that interaction more um also, yeah. he just dips, meaning Percy no longer has somebody to do, like, even the little stuff I feel like would have been interesting to see, like, Tyson doesn't know how to fight or anything, and all of a sudden Percy, who's the best fighter, the best fighter in, the best swordsman in 300 years at camp, because um, he beat Luke one with, time, because <laughs> he beat Luke one time, um, has to deal with a, twice now, he's beat Luke twice now, um, mm-hmm. he has to deal with, like, having someone who's never held a sword before at all of his lessons he's have to deal with someone at all of his lesson with him always with him and I don't think Percy would have seen him as much of a brother in that situation so Percy mm-hmm. I sort of feel like gets off clean and now looks like the good guy because he uh now views his uh his monster half brother as a real brother yeah no, I think you brought up a lot of really interesting points with that. I'm going to see if I can remember all of them to be able to respond to them. Um, That's okay. So I think the first thing is like, it is very interesting in that and kind of sad that he does just sort of disappear and that they had this huge bonding experience and then can't build off of that for better or worse. Because like once, like of what you said, of just like the other campers didn't experience that. And a lot of them were terrified of Tyson or didn't like Tyson. And so we don't have to see Percy standing up for him because he actually likes Tyson now whereas before it was like don't be mean to him because then you're also going to be mean to me by association and not don't be mean to him because that's just wrong or because I actually like him you know we don't we don't get to see that aspect and like so yeah so we get this one speech that he and Annabeth do together this big grand gesture and then that's it no one's gonna think about him or worry like the other campers are gonna go on about their lives like the only people who are really probably going to continue to think about Tyson are the ones that were on the quest with him. Exactly. And, and also, like, yeah. even if, like, you, they went out for the quest, they come back, and everyone's like, oh, Tyson's a hero, there are still going to be people who don't believe or don't trust or think, sure, he was great out there, but what does that matter? Yeah. Like, it's a very interesting mentality that I wish we could have seen more of. Yeah. And well, I think it also they because have- he just goes into the ocean. Yeah. And like they had just gotten over these differences and this animosity that Percy was feeling towards Poseidon because of the situation when then immediately Tyson gets invited by Poseidon to go to the palace and work in the forges there. And Percy's like, dude's never invited me to his palace. So once again, we have this wedge 
that has been started potentially between them. And like nothing is really further explored with that, but that is this feeling. But once again, of like Poseidon is being a jerk to me, Percy using Tyson to do that. Yeah, it's. You know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like Tyson. I do not like the way he was used to just make Percy yeah. look better. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't, like he was. He wasn't really his own character. He was used to further Percy's psyche and decisions and all of that to drive a wedge between him and annabeth and he, all these he was made things. to make us think that percy's better than he is it's sort of like you know when someone's like uh you get like a, someone donating a lot of money or a bunch of items to like some organization and all the focus is on the person donating instead of on the organization mm-hmm. that needs yeah. the recognition hmm. it's like percy's like hey look at me i'm being a good guy to my brother everyone's like yeah percy you're being a good guy to your brother Instead of being like, hey, why are we why are we not being good people to him? Yeah. What what do we need to do to stop us all from being bad people to mm-hmm. him and acknowledge him as a person? Yeah, like celebrating someone for doing the bare minimum. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. But yeah. Deep deep Tyson. thoughts over here. <laughs> deep thoughts over here. I didn't realize that this was gonna be the hill that I would end up on, but it is you know, it, it's a good hill. It's a really good hill. all right so now switching into another hill that a lot of people i feel like in this fandom have is how percy goes to school for the year as far as we know he does not go back over winter break he just stays gone the entire school year till till the next summer we know that sally didn't even at this point i mean we don't even know if there's an option to go over spring over winter break or spring break or anything because the like what's it called only it's a summer camp he's referred to it as a summer camp and everyone else has so i'm assuming it's literally just summer and not yes yes so he has been gone from august to june he is not allowed to practice in the house like sally has made that very clear he cannot bring weapons into the apartment so after the javelin incident Yes. So he should be like completely out of practice by the time that he ambitized and run off because he has like what a week ish at camp from when Kyron ditched and they ran off. So I just want to say also, based on my PT classes, being a instant grad student, strength <laughs> gains, strength gains disappear after one week of suspending activity. So even though like he had his last quest in Lightning at the very beginning that had all summer to train, all of that would be gone from the school year. None of that would would still be there. So the fact that he once again is such a high level at this, with doing no activity other than gym class, which we all know he probably ditches because he gets bullied by everyone so easily. And also like in gym class, you're doing very specialized games usually. Yeah. It's not like you're, you're not strength out. training. Yeah. No, you're playing with hula hoops and four yeah. square exactly. <laughs> and doing the pacer God's test <laughs> oh good his cardio is good yeah yeah no he he will have he'll, he'll be set with that but everything else like no <laughs> yeah so this is something that will just perpetually bother me a little bit and you could be like oh well it's because he's a half-blood so he's special but like Brussel needs to work out <laughs> he still needs to lift some weights and that that is my hill (laughs) needs to do some p90x does anyone know what that is anymore no it's like a home workout video no was it on uh va stress no no it was dvds 
it's like a whole whole series you could buy yeah yeah (laughs) all right um i don't know do you want to talk about any of the villains i mean i feel like we've covered most things i don't Mm. really have i feel like the villains in this book were almost in a weird way it's interesting because i feel like when you start thinking about the villains there's only like luke and chronos um like aries was a bad guy and an antagonist Mm -hmm. but i don't think he was a villain and in this i mean we're looking at like polyphemus and Mm -hmm. uh mostly polyphemus and tantandalus tantandalus was a villain but he was more antagonistic and just like there to stand against them um and then we talk about like um uh polyphemus who's almost in a weird way trapped in his his like god he's almost like trapped in his format he is who he is and he has to deal with that so he has to be who he is um and I feel like that's that's a little bit against him as a person and it's a little bit against like um the fact that he was a cyclops born in this way raised this way and then attacked by uh the the what's it called uh, the Odysseus and his crew. So, I mean, he's less villainous and more antagonist, though he does get a little like, especially the end, he just gets mean. So, that he could be a villain. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to talk. Okay. I have a very, very big thought that just popped into my head as we were listing off villains and just the parallels I just noticed between the, the bad guy or villain selection and appearances in Sea of Monsters compared to the Lightning Thief, right? So, and the lightning thief, we had a brief stop with a bad lady villain who offers Percy some bad food and then they kill her <laughs> and move on. That was Medusa. Sea of monsters. They run into Circe as they're traveling, not their destination, just to stop along the way, who offers him some bad evil food and proves herself to be a bad evil lady. They dispatch her and move on, or they let other people dispatch her and move on. Then we have a big bad guy who captures so important to Percy and lightning thief it's Hades who takes his mom and sea of monsters is polyphemus who captures his best friend Grover then we have the big bad and meeting up with Luke slash Kronos again bam uh, oh, yeah. oh, and, then, and, then, and then you have the mystical old people and the lightning thief of when he sees the fates on the bus and then in sea of monsters we have the gray sisters I think that has more to do with the fact that it, uh, the myths themselves are so formulaic. Yeah. Um, and also, it's just, it's just even like, like the, but the, it is... the gender matching as well, the stops along the way yes. versus the destination. Because like... in The Lightning Thief, the underworld was their initial destination. In The Sea of Monsters, the island ended up being their destination. But then that wasn't actually the main bad guy or the main one they had to be the most concerned about. Yes, and I, 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 I understand everything you're saying, and I really enjoy these parallels. Oh but I think God. also we have to remember, like the hero's journey formula, the yeah. myths of themselves—they're all very yeah. formulaic. No, it was just so like I, don't I say, just like, never noticed it before. I'm like, oh my yes, God, the parallels! It is, it is really, really cool. But I don't think we're. But it's nothing against Rick. No, like we don't need to interpret anything from it other than just like exactly. This is just funny. interesting because it's just like as it was just this thing in my mind of like the more you said the villain's names, I was like, oh my god, the timing, the timing <laughs> lines up. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, well, oh speaking gosh. of timing, we are, I believe, out of time now. Oh wow, that transition. <laughs> I 
I pride myself on some good ass on some good transit mm-hmm. transitions. Um, well, thank you so and much. Great for sentences. Yes, and great sentences. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Uh, as always, I am Lauren, and I'm Lachlan, and that wraps up the Sea of Monsters. Woohoo! Woo! Uh, so please join us next time where we will be talking about the first chapter of the Titan's Curse. My rescue operation goes very wrong. Uh, So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Bye.